the Boston players love But Michael Jordan is not only the best basketball player, but he's the most exciting basketball player to ever play. Tatum fires away, pumps it in. The Big Three NBA Podcast is powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Welcome to another edition of the Big Three NBA Podcast. I'm your host, Ashra Blakely, with a special guest coming in from the left coast, Kyle Rashid Draper. Yes, I'm with government name on you, brother. Uh, with the Sacramento Kings play-by-play guy, formerly of NBC Sports Boston. What's going on, Kyle? I'm good, man. You know what? You, you're the first person since you like five years ago to use my government name i'm like hold up now am i in trouble the cops behind me or something what's going on here it's gonna be there in a minute <laughs> a minute well I, well kyle with the celtics playing the uh the sacramento kings later this week i thought it'd be a good time to catch in with with you with them and just see what's going on with them uh the kings coming off a really good season caught a lot of people off guard i know you and i had conversations throughout the season and full disclosure i thought they're going to choke I thought they're going to find a way to get close to the finish line, uh, but not quite get into the postseason. But obviously, they handled their business. They got there. And just they're looking like they're having a pretty good season again this year. Kyle, what are some of the things that stand out about this year's team that may be a, bit, a little bit different, maybe a little bit better than we saw a year ago? Well, I think, first of all, you, like many of the national media and people uh, around the country. Act like he ain't uh, part of the media, but keep going. No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that the level of disrespect you guys have for my club, I'm not standing for it anymore, Sharon. These dudes have gone out and proven 48 wins last year, took Golden State to a seven games. And let's not forget, Sharon, they had two all-NBA performers. So that's no fluke when you look at it. And the fact that De'Aaron Fox right now, I think he's six in the NBA in scoring. So he's made an even bigger jump. He's taken a further leap. And I think that's what stands out to me. He's virtually unstoppable now. He's shooting about 38% from three-point range. And as you know, if De'Aaron Fox has a jump shot, it's curtains, it's wraps for the opponents. And so then you look at DeMontis Sabonis, another 19, 12, and seven kind of season. He'll be another all-star kind of season. But I think the guy I'm most surprised about is Keegan Murray. As of lately, you know, when you look at him Saturday, he had a 47 point game against the Utah Jazz. That's more than De'Aaron Fox has scored, more than Sabonis has scored, more than anybody has scored on the Sacramento Kings since DeMarcus Cousins back in 2016 when he dropped 55. And I went into this season saying that we know Fox is going to be great. We know DeMontis Sabonis is going to be great. But the key to our season is going to be Keegan Murray. And he's leveled up, man. He's playing both ends of the floor. Right now, they're 16-9. and You know, uh, best start over 25 games since 2004-2005. And so, it's great to be a Sacramento King right now, man. They're they're balling. There's no doubt about that. But but just to get back to Keegan's big game, the the key in that sentence was against the Utah Jazz. All right. Now, and and shout out to my guy, Will Hardy, the head coach of Utah Jazz, former Celtics assistant, good dude. But his team is not good, man. They're not. Uh, but the so Kings are, are they an NBA team though? Do they have NBA count? I put an asterisk next to them in the, in the, to answer your question. Yes, with an asterisk. Is that is that what we're going to do during this podcast, Sharad? No, we're not going to disrespect. The level of disrespect. Forty-seven is forty-seven, bro. It don't matter who you playing against. Like for a second-year player, come on now, put some respect for, on. It. For a second-year player who's not the first or second option on his team, it is an, it is impressive. I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. 
But the thing about the Kings is that they're having a good season. They've got, as you pointed out, a couple guys who have stepped their game up. But the West is seems like wilder than normal this year. I mean, when you start looking at outside of them, you're looking at the Lakers. You're looking at Oklahoma City. You're looking at uh, Denver, the, the champs. What are some of the teams that really kind of jump out from you that you've seen that really uh, kind, of, kind of set themselves apart early on in the season? Well, you know, obviously we got to talk about Minnesota. I think they're probably the biggest surprise out West. You know, the narrative last season was that the Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns pairing couldn't work. Actually, it's more than working. They're thriving right now. And so I look at them from a King standpoint. There are certain matchups that are not favorable to Sacramento. You look at the Clippers and what they're able to do. They're on a roll right now. They're balling out right now. You know, James Harden's fit in pretty well. You know, obviously, Paul George and Kawhi are, are about it. You know, they're, they're all-star level talents. So that matchup is pretty tough for Sacramento. Believe it or not, the Pelicans are a tough matchup, too, because they have that size and length. They got your boy Herb Jones out there on the perimeter causing havoc defensively. Brandon Ingram's balling out. You bring a guy like Alvarado off the bench, Trey Murphy. And so when you look at Sacramento, here's a crazy stat for you, Sherrod. They've lost nine games. Mm-hmm. The nine games have been against four teams. The Clippers twice, Pelicans three times, the Rockets twice, and Golden State twice. They've beaten everybody else. They've beaten Denver. They've beaten Minnesota. They've beaten OKC. They've beaten the Lakers. And so, you know, I look at those matchups where I'm like, man, I don't want to see those guys in a playoff series. It's just a bad matchup for Sacramento. Yeah, it, it just seems that in, in the West – it really is going to come, two things are going to come down to, health and matchups. And, and it seems that, as you pointed out with the Pelicans, I love the Pelicans when they're healthy. But the problem, they're never healthy. Uh, and it's not just Zion either. I mean, he, he's a big part of that. Uh, and, and the team that I, I did want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, only because they seem to be, outside of Minnesota, I think the biggest revelation out in the NBA this year, and that's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, they look good. And the thing about it, they got so many young boys, you know, they still got love. They still can level up from what they're right. all at now. When you, what have you seen about that team that, that kind of stands out? Well, we know Shea Gilgis is an MVP candidate. The dude's unstoppable. You know, last week when the Kings played the Thunder, him and De'Aaron Fox went head to head. Shea had 43, Fox had 41. Kings were able to get the win. But there's so much more than just Shea Gilgis Alexander. Did you see Chet Holmgren, what he's doing? I know he's, you know, on that second year plan, but he's, he's really a rookie. He's a redshirt freshman. Redshirt freshman, exactly. exactly. But that dude, man, the skill set, we could talk about Victor Wimbayama all we want, but Chet is a more skilled version, in my opinion. And he has yeah. a little dog in him, too. And then you look at Jalen Williams, J-Dub, they call him. That dude, you know, ran a runner-up in rookie of the year last season. He's balling out. I mean, they have a complete team. And, and, and I say it to the fans here in Sacramento, who's that next team? We know Denver's going to be good, Phoenix, you know, but who's going to be that next dynasty? And right now, it's a it's an arms race, and OKC is right there. They might be leading. You look at the standings, they're leading. They're just a complete team, man. They still got a bunch of draft picks. They can make moves if they want. They can make trades. They're a scary team, man. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. 
That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com, gambling helpline ma.org, or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start, gamesensema.com, or call 1-800-GAM-1234. I, I got to give Sam Presti a lot of credit because the way he has structured this team, not only have they been able to acquire lots of draft picks, but the ones they've used, I mean, they've been like, like DJ Khaled and another one and another one and another one. They just keep hitting on every pick they get. I mean, even the ones that aren't at the top of the, of the draft board, they're getting great mileage out of them. Uh, that team is scary to me because they have the thing about them that jumps out is they have the ability to not only compete at a high level now, with the guys they got, but they've got the type of assets that are, that's going to allow them to either continue to develop young guys or package some of them picks. Because the one thing I do worry about them, other than Shea Gildress, they're going to have to cut some of these cats loose because all these guys are going to want their money yeah. around the same time. And they're going to be, they're going to ball out enough to where other teams are going to be like, you know what? Yeah. Four years, 80 million. We can do that. Yeah. Fine. We can, we can absolutely do that. And OKC I don't think they're going to match many of the guys that they have because they, I, I think they're just so ridiculously confident in themselves that if right. we lose a guy, I mean, basically to me, Chet is the only guy other than Shea that they're not going to part with. I think anyone and everyone else on that Ooh. roster is open. And I'm going to and, and Kyle, it's because of the contracts. It has nothing to do with ability. They, I think are going to be positioned to where they're going to be able to package some really good players and get superstar type talent. Yeah. To come to Oklahoma City, because you get a chance to play with Chet, you get a chance to play with Shea. And those two guys right now, I mean, the, the, to me, the scary part about Chet, he don't even really know what he's doing out there half right, the time. Right, And he's right. still giving you the business. Yes. And that's the, to me, that's when guys get really, really scary when there's, they're so young and so talented and they make an impact at such an early stage. Um you know, Wimby is good. I mean, he's going to be really good. I don't know how, how many times you've seen him play, but he, he's a special talent. But to your point, Chet already has that cheat code. Yeah. And Chet's looking at him like, I see what you're doing. You do realize I, I do that. And I got a year in the NBA to just watch and learn under my belt. Right. So everything is completely new to Wimby, whereas Chet's like, I haven't physically done it, but I've seen it. And yeah. because I've seen it, I know I can do it. And, and you know, when I think of Chet, and you remember this, Remember that game at Golden State where he hit that three? I mean, he has it, and he talks some trash. He got All a little trash. dog in him to ride. I was like, I didn't know that. You know, I was like, oh, snap. Chet got a little something to his game, a little dog in him. And that's, you know, Wimby, I, I don't know if he has that yet. We haven't seen it yet. Maybe because he hasn't had an opportunity. They don't, they don't have as many wins. But, you know, when I watch Chet, he has the skill. 
but he has the temperament too. I mean, to go on the road, hit a big shot like that, and then start barking to the crowd and talking, I love that, man. I, I love Chet Holmgren. And you're right, those two guys are the key, they are the pillars for that OKC organization going forward. Now, full disclosure, um, I had a chance to talk with Law Murray of The Athletic about the L.A. Clippers a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And at the time, you know, they were kind of like, you know, what's, how can I put this? They were trash. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> they were trash. Yeah. And then, just like that, Westbrook goes to the bench. James with the starting lineup. Terrence Mann is in the starting lineup. And all of a sudden, they start rolling and looking like they unbeatable. How concerned are teams out West now with the Clippers? Because at the beginning of the season, they got off to a nice 3 one start, made the trade, lost a bunch of games, and now they're rolling yeah. again. How, you, how big of a concern are they, or big of a threat, I should say, are they in the West now? I, I think they're a huge threat, threat, and here's why. What you're seeing, and I'll get to James Harden in a minute, but what you're seeing, Kawhi Leonard has played in every game, Sherrod. That's scary. What? Right? Dude, when I saw that, I was just like, wait, wait, hold up. What? what? Is this, this isn't Kawhi back in San Antonio with, with, with Pops. And Tim, that dude played most games. Load management, Kawhi don't play. Like right. That's what I'm saying. He's playing every game and he's amazing. Paul George, I think maybe have sat out one or two. And so these guys are actually playing. And I think it's going to help them in terms of seeding. They may, you know, maybe a top four team. They'll have home court. But give James Harden a lot of credit. Here's the thing about James Harden. And, and you saw him last year in Boston when they faced the Sixers. James Harden is a great regular season player. Absolutely. James Harden, even in the playoffs, can show you flashes. But well, when it comes time to when you need him the most, I need to, I, I haven't seen it. I need And so it's hard for me to just jump fully on board with the Clippers are doing because yeah. I think they'll be a great regular season team. But when it comes time, a game seven, last two minutes or whatever, is James Harden going to be that too? Let's keep it real. There's no way the Sixers should have lost to the Celtics last uh, playoffs. They had them. They had them on the ropes. And you know I'm a Philly guy. I'm from Philly. I know that. I know I'm that. like, man, the Sixers are actually going to exercise these demons and get over the hump. But then both James Harden and Joel Embiid turtled in game seven. That that just – and so I'm not going to be boo-boo the fool, Sherrod. You're not going to pull the, ta- ta- you know, the tailpipe, you know, the banana in the tailpipe with me, man. I need to see it full season and in the playoffs before – I really firmly jump on the Clippers bandwagon. I will say this, and it's not being talked enough. Russell Westbrook to the bench, yeah. not only to the bench, right? His minutes are way down. Yeah. He's playing like 17, 18 minutes a game. I mean, he's not even a six man anymore, really, when you look at the minutes construct. And so that has changed the Clippers and made them a team for the better. Yeah, I, I, I would I, I would agree with a lot of that. The thing, the thing about them, first of all, James Harden treats anyone who wants to be down with his team as if he's Lucy and you're and you're Charlie Brown. Right. He's gonna tee you up thinking you he's gonna knock it out, had a great regular season, right. you're feeling good about your franchise, and then you get to the playoffs, and then next thing you know, you're wondering what happened. Where right. where, where, where all the great Burt Ballin went. And it, he he that's his MO. It has always yeah. been that way. Uh at one point it was because he had a little too much fun in the postseason. Off the court, 
And now I'm really not sure what it is, uh, but but you're hoping that he's at a point in his maturity where he can embrace the fact that you're not going to get many opportunities to be on an elite team with a chance to make a deep playoff run. And the, the Western Conference, to me, it's as wide open as it's been in a long time. I mean, it would not shock me if a team that is seated like six or even a team from the playing game winds up getting all the way to the conference finals. I think there's that kind of parity. Uh, but to your point about, about Westbrook, for a guy that for so many years people will kind of put him in this selfish label and what he's doing now is as selfless an act as I've seen in a former league MVP yeah. do. And he doesn't he, he could have easily said, you know what, y'all know we we play right, we we're playing up tempo, we're three and one, we're winning. This is yeah. this is working. And now you're gonna tell me that. I got to come off the bench and I'm going to get my minutes cut. And he's not complaining. He's not griping. He's accepting. But my concern with them is that the Clippers have a situation where two of their top four players can't play together at all. I mean, Tyrue has literally said, James's minutes are James's minutes. Russ minutes, yo, Russ minutes. There will be no, there, there will be no integration. They are as segregated as two former league MVPs on the same roster have ever been. And for me, it, I'm thinking that I'm not sure that's going to work when you get to the playoffs because they already have established that there's certain things that we're not going to do. And if you're playing a team, for example, that is just absolutely beating the snot out of you in playing half-court basketball, so you need to pick up the pace, you need to pick up the pace, James ain't going to be out there doing that. James is not that dude. Yeah. So do you start playing Russ more in that situation? I, I think at some point they are going to run into a major roadblock where they're going to have to say, you know what? We got to play both of them cats together and just see what happens. And it's going to be a hot mess. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because Russ, it's going to be like basically four on five breaks where Russ is running it up and James is going to be at half court. And, it's, <laughs> and then I, I see lots of potential problems in the playoffs, not only because of James's past, but because of the way that roster is constructed. Yeah, um, I, I hear you. And, and you know, uh, to me, like like I said, Russ is the odd man out right now. Like, he, he and, you know, we'll see how long it stays that way. But give Ty Lue, our boy Ty Lue, some credit, man. Yeah. He's uh, he somehow figured it out. And right now they're rolling. I think they're on an eight-game winning streak. It's crazy. I, I read that in Paul George and Kawhi's tenure together, they've never had a winning streak of eight games. Like, think about that. As great as those two guys are, because, you know, they're not healthy, they're in and out of the lineup, but now they're playing together and they're winning. And uh, James Harden has been phenomenal, man. But like you said, we need to see him in April and May. I, I need, I'm not going, you know, go chips all in just yet on uh, the Clippers. No, no, no. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. 
One of the things that I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because that is what you are looking to do when you're looking to make a hire. You don't want to dilly-dally around with trying to go through candidates X, Y, Z, knowing that X is probably needs to be X and Y is the reason why you're doing this and Z is just, just hanging out there. You want to be able to hire in a timely fashion and Indeed is a great, great, great way of making that happen. One of the keys to Indeed is their ability to leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, which allows Indeed to have the type of matching search engine that's constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. So listeners out there to this show, you get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash A-List. Just go to Indeed.com slash A-List right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash A-List. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. The, the one team that I think a lot of people are starting to put all their money on uh is the Boston Celtics. They they kind of looking kind of right. Um I, now now as a guy who back here at, at NBC Sports Boston, Jerry, if you were around Tatum in, in his early stages, yeah, what are you seeing in his game now that is different or better that just kind of jumps off the page? I mean, he's just unstoppable, right, man? I mean, and, and what I'm seeing too is, you know. I don't want to say him letting the game come to him, but he's so confident he knows when he could dominate. You know, he doesn't have to come out there, go pedal to the metal, score 25 the first quarter, anything like that. And so, you know, I I like his mental approach to the game more so this year, more than anything. You know, you could throw Jalen Brown in there. But Sherrod, let's let's call it for real. Let's keep it real, okay? Because that's what we do. We need to see it in the playoffs. It's so, yeah, it's, it's, the Celtics yeah. aren't being judged in the regular season. We know they're great. We know they could be good. But for some reason, they can't get over the hump in the playoffs, right. whether it's against the Miami Heat, against the Warriors in the finals, whatever. Those are two series. First of all, they should have beat the Heat. They should have beat they know the it. They oh, know they it. should have beat Miami. And they should have beat the Warriors, too. You're up three two on the Warriors. You know you you know you you got to beat them or you know uh, what was it two one coming back home like you you got to beat the Warriors and so I, I just think those guys man they're at an age now where we can't make excuses for them anymore right. like their time is now you know I was driving home yesterday because and I was thinking about the Celtics who we'll see Wednesday here in Sacramento they got Chris Stapps Porzingis and Drew Holidayers think about and, it and didn't have to touch their core to do it. Yo, Brad Stevens out there swindling fools, man. How do you get Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and Drew Holiday? That is crazy. Like, those are two, not not just starters. Like, those are two top three guys on, yeah. on, on good teams. Like, and, and so, no, you're right. But the only concern, the bench and the big depth. If Porzingis goes down, Sherrod, if he's not healthy, Man, I think the Celtics are in trouble, but right now they're looking good. Yeah, they they I still think they need to add another piece. And I and I think they know they need to add another piece. I know there's they they're and they're doing what I think you're supposed to do. Look at the worst teams in the league and who are some of the players that they might be willing to part with that can ball. You know, Isaiah Stewart in Detroit is a yeah. guy that I know that they've liked him a long time, even before 
you know, Detroit went into just complete meltdown mode right, right now. Um, but yeah, the thing about Tatum that that watching him play now and thinking about how he used to play and, and just kind of his evolution, Tatum was incredibly talented from the jump. But he seemed a little timid. Some would call him soft uh, with his game on offense. And not that dude don't exist no more. Tatum is getting the rock. And if you're like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, you guard him, he's taking you to the shed. Yeah. Look at the score just with the turnaround and, and give Sam Cassell, assistant coach Sam Cassell, yeah. some credit for that. Because Sam, I know, has worked with him on becoming more of a two point score guy that makes makes things happen around the elbow on the block. Yeah. And Tatum has added that to an already expansive offensive repertoire to the point now where, to your point, Drapes, he can walk onto the court, no shoot around and get you 25 and six without <laughs> even without and, and actually. Do it if he's efficient. That's great. If he's not efficient, he's going to find other ways to help the team. That's the thing about him that I think is different. Before, if he didn't get you buckets, he was waste the time. Yeah, wasn't giving yeah. you nothing. Now he's one of your best rebounders. He's low key one of your better defenders, particularly in the front court. He's he's right. a he's been a better uh, defender on those switches than I thought he would be at this point this season. Uh, and he's a big, obviously a big reason why they're you know they've been, they've been among the top teams in the Eastern Conference. But the guy that I wanted to pivot to is, is your guy, the poet. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that, right? See that? I still See got that t-shirt. Yeah. Remember I had that t-shirt? I still, I still got one of the poet t-shirts. <laughs> Drapes back in the day when he was in Boston in, in one, of the, one of the many enterprises and industries that he was involved with, <laughs> had, had these t-shirts made. And it, one of them was Jalen Brown. And it, it was Jalen Brown with, I think, some kind of like, he had a fedora or something, fedora like, or something know, like that. Quill and, in his hand. Yeah. Drapes was trying to come up with a nickname for him. And he came up with this thing called the poet, which we all thought was trash. Yeah. And when I say all, I mean myself. Everybody. Yeah. Even Jalen. Even Jalen. Right. Yeah. I figured maybe Jalen would kind of co-sign on this because, you know, Jalen, you always look out for the brothers. He, yeah. he was like, nah. <laughs> not happening can so, i explain it real quick though one more time real quick Sharad. explain yourself and, and, and you should appreciate this i won't but you should but i should you're right but Lawrence Moten. what was his nickname poetry emotion poetry and so that's how i looked at Jalen brown i thought he was poetry in motion and so that's why i gave him the nickname poet so it makes sense to you, yes. You know, it's mentally, it's like, okay, drapes, I see it, but it just didn't stick. It just didn't no, stick. it did. But I tell you what is sticking that that three hundred million and some change contract he got. Uh, he's another one that again, I, I, when you get to the stage where he's at his career, you're right, drapes. About it's either win it or, or it's, it's a it's a failure. I and I've I've said that consistently this year that. There is anything that doesn't involve duck boats and the Larry O'Brien trophy being in Boston this summer. It is a failure. I don't want to hear about injuries. I don't want to hear about coaching. I don't want to hear about anything. I don't want to hear about Wick being cheap because Wick, the checks that Wick is cutting yes. now, my yes. gosh. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about basically, you're talking about like four max, near max contracts that he's willing yeah. to, to, to pay for, and he ain't done. He yes. still want to cut more checks. So there are no excuses at all for why this team should not win a championship. They got everything. They It's uh, it's on them. But the thing about Jalen, and I, I want to get your take on this, because he, he has had, if you look at his numbers, his numbers are a little bit down, but everyone's numbers are going to be down when you add a Porzingis and a yeah. Drew Holiday. And then we ain't even talking about Derek White. 
who might yeah, be like the biggest wild card X factor type in all of this. Yeah. But Jalen's numbers and, and from the fan perspective, they expect more when you're making $300 million. Uh, you've seen Jalen play. What, what are your takes on, on Jalen's game where it's at now? You know, I mean, the big knock, obviously, is the left hand, right? Uh, Left-handed dribble. That's the big knock. And, you know, uh, you know, you go back to the Warriors series, like for for Mark Jackson and Stan Van Gundy to be shouting it on national television while broadcast. He can't go left. The plan is that, you know, it's like if I'm Jay. Stan Van Gundy, who, by the way, is on the Celtics payroll as a consultant. But that's another right. story. <laughs> right. I mean, if I'm Jalen. I'm I'm doing everything with my left hand in the offseason. And I haven't seen a whole lot of them this year. I know he's talking about wanting to play faster, wanting to, you know, you know, you got some young guns, man. You got some young horses, Get especially Jalen Brown. He, he's virtually unstoppable in transition. And I think, you know, what you're seeing from him is a, a more cerebral game also in terms of just the confidence knowing that he can dominate. You know, what was it? Their last game. I mean, Tatum didn't have a great game, but Jalen Brown in that fourth quarter, he was magnificent. Yeah, magnificent. At 17 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yep. yeah. So he he was tremendous. And so I, I just think, you know, it was about a year ago or something where I said, you remember, because there was outside noise. Oh, you know, Jalen and Jason, they can't. Jalen can't play together. together. Right, they can't. And I'm like, I'm calling Monty McNair. I was like, you know, I'm, I, I should call Monty and be like, yo, get Jalen Brown here. Because Jalen Brown, the thing I love about him, he plays with force. Everything he does is with force. Sometimes it may not work out. Right. It may not, but I'll take that any day of the week. And, and, and I love watching him play. And we'll see him when they take on the Sacramento Kings. Hopefully the Kings are ready for the kind of force that he plays with. He always leaves an impact on the game. Yeah, he, he's a physical player. No, there's no doubt about that. And, and it, it's funny because... His physicality, I think, is being smoothed out a little bit more over time, similar to what we see from Tatum. And Tatum, conversely, is becoming a little bit more physical. It's, it's, it's like they figured out how to take a little bit from the other dude and incorporate it in what they do, and it makes them a devastating duo uh, night in and night out. And the, the one thing Jalen has said that I, he Jalen thinks he's an all-NBA caliber defender. I don't. I think he's good. I don't think he's at that level yet. Uh, I don't think he's consistent enough. Uh, and, and the other thing, too, that hurts him a little bit when it comes to his defense, as far as the, per- the perception of it, Derek White, All-NBA defender, yeah. Drew Holiday, voted by right. the players as the best on-the-ball defender. So if yeah. you got them two cats on your squad, whatever you do, it's going to look like not so sweet and nice right. because they're really good. Um, but Jalen, I, I, I think he's gotten heavily he, – he's gotten – more than his share of criticism, and I think a lot of it has to do with his contract. I think if, right. if Jalen Brown were making $20 million a year, playing the way he does, people would be like, wow, yeah. that's a steal. That's an NBA steal. But the fact that he's making more money than anyone in the NBA, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, but it, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, you know, shout out to his agent for, for making that happen. Yes. And for Jalen making that happen by making all NBA second team. Uh, Jalen, I, I just think he's such an important part of what they're looking to do going forward. And the fact that they've got him on on lock for a number of years, yeah. Uh, Tatum is going to, you know, he's going to get his supermax, uh, you know, this offseason. But the Celtics are going to be in an interesting predicament with Drew Holiday and Derek White. They're going to have to. T- I don't believe both of those guys will be on this roster next season. I yeah. think they're only going to keep one. And look, Brad, I ain't going to tell Brad what to do because Brad clearly knows what the hell he's doing. 
but I'm keeping Derek White. I, I, I was thinking that too. Like Derek White, he he's trending upward. He's exactly. you know he's, he's earning that contract. Whatever yeah, contract he's going to get, he's earned that for sure. Exactly. Because if you let's put it this way, if you decide to keep Drew and let Derek walk, Derek will be signed before the sun go down. Whenever, <laughs> whenever the the minute that teams can start signing cats. Derek will have a contract before the sale. He may have a contract before lunchtime at that rate. Now, Drew Holiday, he'll get paid for someone, yeah. but it won't be nearly as robust. It won't be right. nearly as, as as many teams itching to get to him. And it's no disrespect to Drew. He's a hell of a player. It's just that Derek is younger. Derek is a little bit more size, a little bit more length. And Derek, as you pointed out, Drake, he's got more upside at this point. Yeah. And if you're going to invest heavily in a, in a, in a player – you don't want it to be, and, and particularly if the Celtics have the kind of season that they expect that, which is winning a championship, you want to have guys who can help you keep that window open. Because at that point, you're not looking for that, damn, if we can just get this one chip right now, this one chip, like what Toronto did with Kawhi. They went all in. They went all in. And, you, and we've seen since then, they've been kind of trash. Yeah, they've been, yeah. They're not even close to being that good. The Celtics aren't quite at that stage, but if they win a championship, they're going to be looking to keep that window open. And Derek White is a great great uh, opportunity for them to do that. So. I, I think when you look at Derek White, sure, they got some names on the Celtics, but hopefully people are paying attention to what this dude is doing. You talk about the defense ability to knock down shots. You know, he blocked his shots at, at the point guard position, at the guard position, uh, like a forward or center out there. And so, no, he, he's been tremendous. And you're right, man. If he hits the open market, it's going to be a number of teams uh, lined up to sign him. I'm telling you, I mean, if, if it were like a cartoon, it'd be one of them deals where dude says, okay, I'm ready to sign. Before you can get the sentence out, <laughs> everyone's coming like, what you need? What you need? What you yeah, need? What you need. Uh, he's, he's been that good. He's been that good. Um, Kyle Drayford, this was awesome, man. Good, good okay. catching up with you, brother. Uh, I, I will not see you in Sacramento, but I will, but I will be listening to the broadcast because you know you might do i see how it is I, I if it was la or miami your butt would be I'll here i'll probably be there i'll probably be there i'll probably be there <laughs> but you I'll ain't come to sack that's all right that's all right well, listen man sacramento is the only city i've ever been in on an nba beat where i physically saw a tumbleweed go across the street dog you ain't that been was to a sack while ago you, when the last time you've been to sack a couple years ago Exactly. It's been too long, man. Sack is on the come up. Trust me on that. Trust the, me. The, that. the capital of California is on a come up. Some don't feel right about that, but that's another story <laughs> another day. Anyway, Kyle Draper, Sacramento Kings, play-by-play -play man, former NBC Sports Boston colleague. Kyle, always good to catch up with you, brother. Uh, wish you the best for you and the fam. I see you got the Christmas tree back, a couple presents. I don't see any with my name on it, but that's all right. Uh, you a uh, lump of coal. You keep hating on Sacramento. <laughs> that's about it. I <laughs> hate you. I hate you. All right, Kyle Draper. Good talk to you, man. I'll be talking to you soon, my friend. I right, appreciate it.